This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are back for another edition of the Primetime Podcast right here on Most Valuable Podcast. If you're on YouTube, hello. It is great to see your faces yet again today if you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio. It is great to have you guys hear our voices. We can't really hear your voices, but if we could, it would be absolutely stupendous. But we got a jam-packed show today looking at Michigan football. Shea Patterson going to be their new quarterback. Going to look NBA draft. Going to look NFL draft. But before we get into everything, and then also we've got bowl picks to make for this week. Bowl games start on Saturday the 16th. But before we do, a little bit of housekeeping. Number one. MVP t-shirts like the one that if you're on the YouTube channel, you see me wearing it right now. Go ahead and get yourselves one of these t-shirts. We've got small through extra large. It's all down below in the description. So just, if you're not one of those sizes, just lose a little bit of weight and it'll be fine. I you, mean, then, then you can get you one. You know what? If you're if you're bigger than that, send us an email. We'll figure it out. But send us an email, most podcast at gmail.com. Give us your name, your age, your address. We'll send you all the details to get Everything squared in order. I mean, we're actually using squared, so there's a pun there. Squared in order. And then you can get yourselves an MVP t-shirt. Number two, patreon.com. If you have not checked it out, check that out. If you like what we're doing here, want to help support us, like Jake, Christian, Patrick, you can go ahead and do that. Patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. And then the last thing is on iTunes. Give us that five-star rating. Give the primetime podcast, the fast break, the onside kick, the Rick and Johnny podcast. All five stars. And the last thing I lied to you guys because I just remembered link is going to be down below in the description. We got a bowl mania pool. We got a bowl mania. Brandon picked all the games. Well, not right now, but eventually Brandon will have picked all the games. I will have picked all the games. Just straight pick. No confidence going. So if you want to be in our bowl mania pool, that link down below in the description as well. Winner will get like a $20 gift card, either like B-dubs or Amazon or something like that. So you're going to win something. And you can compete against me and Brandon to see uh, how many bowl games against teams that you never watched before, except when you get to the New Year's Six games, that and you, you can see if you're correct. And you may still not watch them. Yeah, you may and, still. Uh, that's okay. You, you may just say, oh, well, I picked that team. Good thing they won. But, Brandon, we got a jam-packed show. Let's get right into it. First one, we're talking Michigan football. They get Shea Patterson transfer from Old Miss. This was his first year Starting for Old Miss, he's been there since 2016. This past year had over 2,000 yards, completion percentage of over 60, 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and pretty much a lost season for Old Miss after the whole Hugh Freeze exit slash drama slash situation, whatever you want to call it, for the Rebels. What I want to ask you, though, with Michigan getting Shea Patterson now, what does this mean for Michigan football? Well, I think that it's certainly a good thing. Uh, if you remember, Shea Patterson was a former number one overall quarterback recruit in the 2016 class, mm-hmm. and he it didn't pan out there at Ole Miss. You know, a lot of different factors. Certainly, with the with the head coach uh, leaving uh, due to poor circumstances with him going, but 23 touchdowns, 12 interceptions in his. Not even full two seasons there because he didn't get in full games uh, in, in both in both years. But then he also threw for 
3,000 yards in his in his two years. So that's impressive. He did a lot of things that I think people liked. And he will bring a lot of athleticism and talent to the quarterback position. But let me tell you is that Michigan, I think, was already going to be in a good spot at the quarterback position before Shea Patterson. Because I want to talk about a, a guy now, too, is, mm-hmm. is Brandon Peters. Brandon Peters, a guy who came in after Wilton Spate was done, after O'Corn was done, and Peters comes in three games with Michigan, 486 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. The coaching staff didn't really allow him to air the football out down the field. It was They were very conservative with him, but he did a good job. He did a really good job. He showed a lot of athleticism. He showed a lot of poise. A four-star pro-style quarterback recruit in the 2016 class, so the same class as Shea Patterson. Brandon Peters also now has two years on Shea Patterson, Mm -hmm. and he's going to be the starter in the Outback Bowl against South Carolina. So he has one more opportunity to show why he should be the starter heading into the offseason then. So I don't necessarily think. Shea Patterson, I do believe, he's coming over here to Michigan because he fully intends that he can be the starter over here. But I do not believe that Shea Patterson coming over here automatically means that Shea Patterson will be the starter because they have a slew. Michigan has a slew of quarterbacks on their roster. Mm -hmm. You've got Shea Patterson now coming over. You have Brandon Peters, Dylan McCaffrey, Joe Milton, Kevin Doyle. They have a lot of guys there. All of these guys with pretty good talent, with Doyle probably being the the one that isn't, you maybe wouldn't put him in the group with the rest of them, but he is still a guy, part of the 2018 recruiting class that was named Washington, D.C.'s 2017-2018 Gatorade State Football Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's not some small accomplishment. The reason I bring this up is because we want to talk about Shea Patterson in this segment, but I think it's also important to understand that Shea Patterson coming over here, as good as he is, as good as he can be, Michigan, I think, is going to be poised for a better year at quarterback, better years at quarterback in the future, just by what they already had on their roster. Mm -hmm. Well, the big thing I think of is another thing you have to put in there is Shea Patterson is now coming over. He missed most of, let's see, um, what game was it? So ever since the LSU game, that was the last game he played, end of October, had missed the rest of the season from uh, October 21st on with a knee injury. So nursing that, of course, you're going to be like, well, in the offseason, you should be able to rehab that up. But when he gets back out onto the field, how is that going to be a little bit different? Because whenever it's the knee it's all about coming back, no matter what it is, coming back and trusting it. Especially with a quarterback, you use your legs and your knees to plant and throw off of when you throw the football. So that's something with Peterson or Patterson that I want to look at is how do you come back from that knee injury? The second thing is, I don't care who you are. Don't Like you said, don't expect Shea Patterson to start right away. And I'm not saying it's like, oh, Shea Patterson sucks. He doesn't deserve No. They have so many people here, and it's kind of like what Jim Harbaugh said um, a couple years ago when they were talking about the quarterback situation for this year. He said, um, and the quote was, it will be a mediocrity at its best. Roll the balls out there and let them play. That's what we're going to get in the spring. 
Peters will come in. Patterson will come in. This quarterback, that quarterback, McCaffrey. Let's roll them balls out there. Let's let these boys play. And Harbaugh will pick the best one to start. The thing that I think that this gives the Michigan football Wolverines, though, tried to do a New York football Giants thing there, didn't quite work, is by giving you this competition in the spring, I think it will make whichever quarterback wins the job, it will make them even better to go up against teams like Ohio State. Ohio State's losing their quarterback. JT Barrett's going to be gone. You've got Saquon Barkley not going to be at Penn State. How are they going to overcome that with Ohio State and Penn State losing some guys? How is that going to help, and can this boost the Wolverines? Let's say Shea Patterson is the guy. Can he boost the Wolverines into contention to maybe win the Big Ten, or can by him competing with Peters, if Peters wins the job, can that boost the Wolverines into a tier to win the Big Ten East? Yeah, I think that right now Michigan is truly, I think they're sitting in one of the best quarterback spots that they that they could mm-hmm. because of just the slew of talent that they have at the quarterback position now on this roster. And and last year was a was a tough year for Michigan, the the worst under Harbaugh. But there were a lot of reasons why. You know, the the, the defense was good at times and really bad at others. Um offensively, the quarterback position struggled and that led to everything else offensively really mm-hmm. struggling. It, it just seemed like a kind of a trickle down effect at, at, at that point. But I don't think you're going to see that this next year. I think Michigan has a really good chance to bounce back in a big way because usually Harbaugh defenses are very strong, very good. And those guys this past year who were newer, they have a year under their belt. Now going into a lot of them, for a lot of them, their sophomore seasons, they should be strong. And then you look at this quarterback spot. And now I want to talk about just two of the guys. Again, I know this is going to be titled Shea Patterson, but really there's a lot more to talk about than just him. Well, yeah, it's what if does you, this mean for Michigan? So it was a whole kind of Well, concept. I was going to say, I mean, if you, you've got a guy on there, Joe Milton, number 7 pro-style quarterback mm-hmm. in the nation. He received 27 offers, and some of those offers from Florida, Georgia, LSU, Miami, and Tennessee. So all of those schools, many of them... SEC schools, then with a sprinkle of ACC in there, that's pretty impressive. And you go to Michigan, you go to a Big Ten conference, and you go to a Big Ten school. And then Kevin Doyle, he also had offers from Michigan State, Nebraska, Iowa, Indiana, Purdue. So clearly those teams believe that he can play and he can play within the Big Ten and be successful. All of that, all of that talent means competition, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned. Competition is in place to make people better. We're going to find out over this offseason and as we get into the beginning of next year, as we creep into September, August, September, October, we're going to be seeing who is the best quarterback on this Michigan roster Mm -hmm. and who wants it the most, who is going to fight for it the most, especially in camp when they get together and they do everything like that and they they start getting out there doing drills and then really getting out there on the field. It's going to be exciting. This is an exciting time, I think, right now for the Michigan Wolverines because last year is in the past. You didn't have what you wanted out of your quarterback position. You didn't have what you wanted out of your season. Mm Mm-hmm. This year you can take it by by the horns and I think really be able to have success again with last year being a fluke season. But Shea Patterson, he comes in and he will make things better. 
He will certainly make things better just if it was him alone. Mm -hmm. But you have to go back and talk about what you had mentioned is that knee injury. How quickly can you come back from that knee injury? We've seen guys who have been able to come who have had knee injuries, who've been able to come back, who've been successful, and you haven't had any problems. But then you also look, and, and I want to kind of say this for athletes around sports, not just with football, because you have a lot of times athletes in the NBA. They come back and they're not the same player. They re-injure try and come back again, and it's never fully healthy. Of course, mm-hmm. you never want to see that, but that's always possibly a fear that that knee never fully gets the strength back. You're never able to have the mobility that you used to have, and that affects you then as you're trying to do different things because no longer having that mobility, you have to focus a little bit more on other areas. Mm-hmm. You have to do a little bit more, rely a little bit more on other muscles to be able to do things to overcompensate for the lack of strength in your knee. Now, is that going a little bit too far in depth and saying, and, you know, being a little bit too, well, this could happen? You probably. Mm-hmm. But those are things that have happened, could happen, but of course we don't want to see. Well, and I mean, back in the day, I'm not going to give specifics or anything, but back in the day when we were in college, you and I both called um, basketball games in college, and we remember seeing a player in our career, great player, starting, this was basketball, by the way, starting lineup, power forward, they get injured, out for a full season, they come back that next year, and it's like, we were talking about this the other day. We were talking about this athlete, and we're going, wow, you know what? They were just never the same. They were just never the same. Could never be that same player that they were that last year. And with Shea Patterson, we don't know if he's going to come back from this injury and be the same Shea Patterson or if he's going to be different. The good thing is he gets to do it in a change of scenery, gets to work with a Jim Harbaugh thing that I want to ask you because of we already mentioned McCaffrey we already mentioned Peters now you're throwing Patterson into the mix looking at Joe Milton and Kevin Doyle the thing I want to ask you is I'm looking at 247sports.com and let's say for Milton they had for his and I know these predictions mean diddly poo to quote the Jim Moore great Jim Moore senior but just for an example the two predictions for Joe Milton, they said 80, 78% of people said he's going to Michigan. And these are writers and analysis guys for 24-7 sports making these predictions. 22% said Florida. Whereas on the other hand, Kevin Doyle, 88 said he's going to commit to Old Miss. 12% said Pitt. Do you see this affecting Michigan, this transfer where either Doyle or Milton go, hey, do I want to go to this crowded quarterback situation? Or since I've got the time, since I don't have to sign my letter of intent until February, I'm pulling out, I'm reopening my recruitment, and someone else can get me, and I'll commit to you and sign my letter of intent for you in February. I think that's a good point to bring up. I think especially since you you want to talk about Joe Milton first, Florida they now have Dan Mullen. Dan mm-hmm. Mullen is another guy. You talk about someone who's good with quarterbacks. I, I think Harbaugh would be one that you would want to certainly be with. But if you don't feel like you're going to be the main guy, then you have Mullen over here who you possibly could go with, who could possibly mold you. But again, I think you're, you're, you're still a young guy. You're still a young guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've, you've got some time to be able to sit and watch and wait. 
and then get in there, bide your time and get in there. But if that's not for you, if mm-hmm. that's not what you want to do, if you want to be a true freshman starting, then maybe you look elsewhere. But I do believe that there's a reason to be at Michigan. There's there's very many positive things at Michigan going on right now. I think moving from this past year, which, again, I'll say I think was a fluke offseason for Michigan, they come to this year. There's going to be success this year and many years now down the line, certainly as long as Harbaugh is there. So that's for Milton. Mm-hmm. For, for Kevin Doyle, now I didn't hear about uh, Pitt but because I had mentioned with him all yeah. the other Big Ten schools. And this is just me looking at the 24-7, like the – the writers and stuff make their predictions. 12% of the guys did say Pitt. So that's just where I'm pulling that from. Or Ole Miss, you yeah. said, right, too? Ole 88% Miss or, it said. I didn't hear about either of those. Mm-hmm. But if I was Kevin Doyle and I saw that Shea Patterson was coming from Ole Miss because of the problems there, because in 2018 you're not going to be able to go to a bowl game, even if you were able to, to get there. Uh, yeah, I would stay away from them. I would stay away from them. And then Pitt, you know, that's it's kind of you you do what you want to do, but you're with Michigan right now. You've got an opportunity to play for a really good program under a really good head coach. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy staying where I'm staying. The thing that's the most interesting. But it's, but it's, it's interesting not to cut you off, right? Yeah. It's just a one final thing. It's interesting yeah. that you bring that up mm-hmm. because that could be a possibility. That could be something in the back of their minds, especially seeing a guy who, all right, well, you know, he comes in, he starts. Peters is behind him. Maybe McCaffrey's behind them. McCaffrey's never taken a, a mm-hmm. college snap. But, you know, where do I fall? It's like, where do I fall in this? Mm-hmm. But but Joe Milton, one thing to note for him, he's a guy not afraid of competition. So he may thrive even more in this situation. Well, and he's the one I wanted to bring up here right at the tail end before we move on into our next topic. Because with him being with, – with seeing Florida – as one of the teams, because it was Michigan and Florida were one two for the predictions. If I'm Milton, I think he's the one that might take a little bit, might take a hot second to think about this because you can come in where it's like, okay, you got Peters and Patterson are there, they're both upperclassmen guys, or I can open up my recruitment, try to get to Florida, where think about that Florida quarterback situation. We talked about it before. And we had commenters say, well, don't expect Felipe Frank to be the guy. Like Franks. 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 Someone, some, some nasty asshole in the comments said something about Fel- it's Franks. Felipe Franks, thank you for the correction, he's not going to be the if-do-fecto starter. Like Matt Corral could come in, high school kid out of California. So with Milton not being afraid of competition, I wouldn't even rule that out as a possibility. He'd be like, you know what? I can start as a freshman at Florida. I ain't afraid of this competition with Corral from California. I'm going to go there and beat Franks and Corral out and start my freshman year. But it all depends on what's going on because obviously I don't know Milton and I'm not in on the pulse for Milton's 
recruitment and what he plans to do. Well, see, that's why I would say that he would stay at Michigan mm-hmm. because of the because he's not be afraid of competition. Yeah, and and clearly at Michigan you have plenty of it. Mm-hmm. You know, with Peters from last year who who who, for, who who filled in this last year for a couple of games before he got injured mm-hmm. and played he played well. You know, played well, and he didn't. I don't think really had a full playbook um, at his disposal. They didn't really open it up to him. I don't believe. And then you have Patterson coming in, and then you have all these other guys as well. You've got Doyle, you've got McCaffrey, you've got uh, all these guys to try and go through to get to the top of the depth chart. And does that make you want to eat a little bit more, grind a little mm-hmm. bit more, and stay here at Michigan? It might. It might. But, again, you don't know the mindset. Maybe that's more pushing you, like you said, Ricky, to go, well, I mean, I, I know I'm here, but... I got a chance to possibly go to Florida, still be with a really good coach. They're they're trying to improve their team. You know, they're not they're not gonna. You know, success is something hopefully coming to them soon. Maybe I go there, but I don't know. I'm not in his head. You're not either. You, we both mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Right now, we all know that they're currently Michigan Wolverines, and I would honestly, me doesn't matter what I think. I would like them to all stay that way because I would love to see how this works out. And the thing with Milton that makes it interesting is he is listed as a pro-style quarterback. Yep, the so number seven pro-style so quarterback in the nation. I don't know how much this plays into it, but there's two things. One, he's a Florida guy. So he's from the state of Florida. That might be one reason to think about it. But two, when it comes to Dan Mullen, it's like, which coach do I want to play for? Harbaugh's great. Mullen's great. But with Mullen, it's like, man, he turned like he got to work with Tim Tebow and Dak Prescott. What if I could be on the level of them? I know those are two guys where they're not pro-style guys, especially Tim Tebow. is not a pro-style guy. But I wonder if that plays into it as we move down, especially with Shea Patterson now transferring over to Michigan. Before we move on, we're going to go on to the NBA draft. Any final thoughts between Michigan or anything with the Shea Patterson transfer? Yeah, I would say with, with Milton... If he's a Florida guy, mm-hmm. something clearly made him want to go all the way to Michigan mm-hmm. to play there. He was one of the most sought-after quarterbacks in his class. Could have been the situation. And I think that you've got, you're have got in Florida already, and you're not wanting to go to Florida. Mm-hmm. And you're they're, they're really, really trying to recruit you. And you go to Michigan. There's a reason you go to Michigan. And then there's a reason you probably want to stay at Michigan. So I think that having another transfer of Shea Patterson coming over, you don't want to make a split-second decision and then go somewhere where you, you may end up regretting it. That Not that going to Florida or anywhere else mm-hmm. that you could go would, be, would, would necessarily be regretting it. But you're in Michigan. You went there for a reason. You want, I, I, would, I would want to stay there and play it out and see exactly what happens and be able to play with Harbaugh. And just to put some perspective on it, Milton made his commitment on May 7th, 2017. So well before this season happened, well before the shit show we got to see in the swamp this year with the Florida Gators and then the firing of McIlwain, he made his decision well before that. So maybe that doesn't even play into a factor. He's just, you know what, I'm a Michigan guy through and through. This is where I want you guys to come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. In the comment section, what does Shea Patterson mean to the Wolverines coming in? How does this help them? Will he be the starter? Will he not be the starter? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But, Brandon, let's move on into our next topic, and we're 
actually looking at the NBA draft for the first time here on the Primetime Podcast. Hello, basketball fans, for coming on over. I mean, this is the first time. We've been in football mode for most of the time, but like I was telling you before we started recording today, this is the special time where we plant that pivot foot and then very slowly we're starting to pivot out of football season into basketball season. So this but is the while very beginning. Keep, but while keeping that pivot yeah. foot and uh, you not, can't lift not, it. not traveling. Can't lift, can't lift that pivot foot. Don't want to travel. Don't want to walk in the park even though that's a nice thing to do except not this not time in Chicago. in Chicago. Not Not this time. But we're looking the first player we're going to look at to start our kind of draft coverage here on the Primetime Podcast is we're going to look at Trey Young today, Brandon. And... The question that we are going to try to answer is, could Trey Young become the number one pick in the NBA draft? And the reason why I say that is right now, just to give a little bit of perspective, we can't use a fast break mock draft because uh, Dave and Sean, their first mock draft, I believe, is going to come in the weighing months. They're going to have it either in December or January will be their first mock draft this year. However... What we are going to go off of is Tankathon. Love Tankathon.com and their mock draft has Trey Young right now, the leading scorer in college basketball, 11th overall in the NBA draft. With him being 11 right now, that's our starting point. Do you believe or do you think Trey Young could play himself up to be the number one pick when we get to June? He could because if he keeps this up that what he's doing right now this pace <laughs> mm-hmm. um he is he's going at a phenomenal pace and we're not really even into the meat and potatoes yet of the season you know we've had a lot of games we've had a lot of good games we've had a lot of close games but with rem- remember that we haven't even really hit any of the big games the big conference games which are going to be coming in the next couple of months if he keeps us up throughout the, that entire time I'd be surprised if he wasn't a first, uh, first the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd be very impressive. But is it safe to say that many times when a guy starts out with this ravaging pace, he keeps it? They don't. A lot of times they do not. He's probably not going to keep up his thirty points per game, but maybe he does. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he does. But I'm just going back and looking at much of history. Guys don't keep this rabid pace. For the entire season. Now, would I love to see it? Absolutely. Because what I've seen from him so far, it's been outstanding. I mean, looking at the Oregon game, looking at the USC game, and just looking at what he's done, the shots he takes and makes, and what he's able to do. He doesn't, he's not able to just take shots. He's able to, you know, uh, move with the with the basketball. He's able to drive with the basketball. He's able to do all of those things effectively. So if he's able to stay somewhere around where he's at right now and continue to do those things effectively and be better even outside of shooting, he could still find a way to work his way up to the number one spot. Well, the thing that I noticed, and this was when I was doing research for this topic on Trey Young, like watching him play, the thing that everyone loves about him is the style at which he plays, where it's kind of like a more free-flowing style, but the thing that social media blows up about is his pull-up threes. And (laughs) however, percentage-wise, I believe in the last, what, four games, he's actually very consistent. He's taken 11 threes in each of the last four or five games. His average throughout those, four of 11 from the field. 
not it's not bad like a 34% of my math is correct up here 34 35% not terrible three point percentage but when you put it in comparison to four you're making four of every 11 shots from the arc you're looking going uh I want that up a little bit higher and one of the big players that of course social media is going to overreact people are going to overreact but right now people are comparing him like Oh my God, is he Steph Curry 2.0? I'm looking at you. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, pardon me because I can't look at you. But if you're on YouTube, I'm looking right at you. Stop. Just stop it. Like, I get the comparison. I get the bone comparison of, let's see, Trey Young is 6'2, 180. Steph Curry, I want to say, was about 6'2. 185, I believe, with his draft profile. Similar height, similar weight. They both have, when you look at the stats, they both averaged, and I'm looking at their last season, of course, Steph Curry's last season was arguably his worst season statistically when it came to three-pointers and such, but they both have the same amount of points. The assists, he actually has two more, three more assists per game than Steph Curry did. He rebounds around the same percentage, and their shooting percentages are similar. However, the three-pointer is the one that 41% from three was Steph Curry career-wise because that 38% doesn't do Steph Curry justice because that last year he wasn't as good behind the arc percentage-wise as he was the first two, whereas we have 37.7 for Trey Young. I get what you're trying to do. I get, and I'm not saying you, I get what they're trying to do comparing him to Steph Curry. Could he be the next Steph Curry? Sure, why not? But I'm not saying that. The thing that I would say and I would use for that is people are going to say his wingspan isn't big enough. Oh, he's a shorter guy. How is he going to go against the athleticism of the NBA? What my argument would be if I'm going to bring Steph Curry into it is, Steph Curry did it like he can do it, but I'm not going to say that he's the next Steph Curry. You know what I mean? Well, I think if anyone were to compare him to Steph Curry, it would have to be Steph Curry 3.0 because isn't Lonzo Ball already better than Steph Curry yeah, but he's gonna, in, 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 in LeVar Ball's mind, yeah, of course. But he's got know. a wonky shot. He's got a wonky, Lonzo's got a wonky shot. He's got to go over to Lithuania, and with, Lithuania with his brothers. Yeah, yeah. And he's got to train there for a little bit. Because that's going to help. That's better than UCLA, apparently. And uh, hopefully, keep their hand, <laughs> and hopefully keep their hands off of all the things in the stores that say "do not touch." Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think that everyone always gets really excited. Every mm-hmm. sport, every sport. But that's what they have to be able to try and compare them to. And then there's people who would say, "Well, don't compare them at all because yeah. they're both completely different players. Mm-hmm. They may have similarities, but they're different players. They have different styles." One may like to drive more. The other one likes the outside shot, even if they're both outside shooters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's something different in everybody. But you have – but we. what do we do as, as, as American sports people? We love to compare. compare. Mm-hmm. We compare everyone to the greatest. We e- c- compare everyone – any good quarterback that we see coming up, uh, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers is or LeBron the something next, like that. Is or, LeBron as good as Michael Jordan? I mean, but it's, <laughs> it's what we do. It's mm-hmm. what we do as, as, as sports 
people sports fans. Mm -hmm. That's what we like to do. I don't know why we like to do it, but we we all do. do. And my whole point with this is that obviously we can't Mm -hmm. because then that just gets us to a point where then we're then we then we start to see him do something wrong. No. He's bad. He's he's not gonna he's not gonna be like Steph Curry. He's he's not good. No. So he is his own player. Trey Young is going to be Trey Young when he gets to the to the NBA. He's not gonna be the the uh, the s- different version of of Steph Curry. No. He's gonna be the first version and only version of Trey Young. Unless of course there's another guy that comes along and his name's Trey Young. You know what I'm trying to get at here? Mm-hmm. It's just that. We cannot do this continuous, well, he could be the next so-and-so. Oh, he could be the next. No, just stop. Just stop. Because that then that gives you expectations, and you create these lofty expectations for a player that maybe necessarily aren't there. And then when mm-hmm. they, if they don't meet that in your mind, then they're not a good player. But I can tell you what, is that going back to where, this, where his draft stock could be in – the upcoming 2018 draft. So the fact that it's going to be a big, heavy draft, a lot of the, these small guys, mm-hmm. these, these point guards and you know stuff like that, they're going to be coming at a premium. And now if that's the case, and you know that you, you know, you're, you're a team that's, oh, we know we could use a big, but we'll, we could find them because it's, you know, there's going to be plenty of them. You know, we can get one you know, later on if, we, if, we, if need be. You go with this guy. You go with Trey Young, and you take him a little earlier because, you know, there's not a whole lot of his position in the draft. So that could be another thing that plays a part in it. I'm going to say this. I think as of right now, and of course my opinion can change. Let's say he goes through the conference schedule and, to quote Jim Moore Sr. again, plays like diddly-poo. Right now at this point, if you said, Ricky, where would Trey Young be? I would draft him in the top five. And the reason why is I would actually take, you know what? I would actually put Colin Sexton as well into that. Because I told you before we recorded, at some point this year, we are going to have, I I can just smell it now. We're going to have a topic where it says Trey Young versus Colin Sexton or Colin Sexton versus Trey Young. And we're going to talk about the two. The reason being, I'm looking at this mock draft on Tankathon. You've got you've got Aton, who's a center. You've got Bagley, who's a power forward. You've got Bamba, who's a center. You have Bridges, who's a forward three four. Put them where you want. You've got Malik. Well, you got two Bridges. You got Miles Bridges and Malik Bridges. Where Malik Bridges is a two. Or a three. You've got Robert Williams at Texas A&M, who's a four. You've got Wendell Carter at Duke, who's a four. There's a lot of bigs. Yeah. You know what I don't see in the top 11 players? Point guards. Yeah. I see two. Yeah. I see Colin Sexton, and I see Trey Young. And after watching some film and some games of Trey Young alone, what I can tell you about this kid is, is he going to be the next Steph Curry? Who the hell knows? But what I can tell you is I think this kid is going to be special because he's got a three-point shot. Is he the best driver to the basket? No. Is he a little small and the guys in the NBA might be bigger? No. But I will take that. I will take a shooter over a pure driver any day of the week for the NBA because 
What have we seen the NBA go to? If you have a guy who can shoot the ball well, your team means business. The Golden State Warriors have banked championships off of guys who can shoot. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, these are guys who can shoot the basketball. You want to know what doesn't win you championships? When your best player is a four or a five. That's what doesn't win you a championship. Plus, the one thing I didn't mention with Trey Young that I really like about his game, yeah, he can shoot the three, he can shoot from deep. He can also pass the ball. There were times he'd drive in, throw the ball in there to a guy cutting on the baseline. I was like, holy shit, how'd he fit that in there? How'd he he get that to that guy? This is a guy to me where I'm going to say it right now. We're going to talk about him when the draft comes the same way we talked about Lonzo Ball. You want to know the big two differences, though, that we're going to that's going to be said about Trey Young that was not said about Lonzo. The first one is we're not going to talk about a shot at all because he doesn't have a weird shot mechanic. Number two, we're not going to talk about his dad. We're not going to talk about any pressures. We're not going to have him overhyped because of his dad. Most of the stuff that's said about Lonzo with passing and finding guys and setting up the offense, people are going to start to notice that about Trey Young, except with Trey Young, they're going to go, wow, he's got a shot. We should draft him because he can do a lot more. I know defensively people are going to say, well, he doesn't play good defense. Guess what? How many times has Steph Curry been knocked for his defense and his team wins championships? And I know I said, oh, don't compare him to Steph Curry. That I'm going to use as a little comparison because just because you have a knock on defense doesn't mean you're up. I'm not going to draft you in the NBA because, I mean, the NBA, some people play defense, but it's more of an offensive league now, if anything. So, oh my gosh, the NBA is so stupid. I can't even stand it. Um, but the I wanted to find a difference mm-hmm. from Curry and Young so that we yeah. could just clear this all up. So I found it. Okay. Um, Curry has a higher set point at the top of his forehead when mm-hmm. he's shooting, uh, whereas Young has his set point at chin level okay. um, and shoots more out than up. Um, Young's lower release, however, they're saying cause for concern shooting over contestants at his size mm-hmm. and likely one of the reasons why a lot of evaluators have not bought in fully to Trey Young. So I needed to just find mm-hmm. something that people well, could go, well, he's he's totally like, uh, no. So there's so there's your difference. And there's possibly something why people aren't aren't having the discussions yet. Uh, you know, outside mm-hmm. outside of us on the MVP po- podcast, yeah, um, and and in the primetime podcast is the fact that they see something like this mm-hmm. and they can say, well, you know, that's enough well, to not make him a number one. You know what I'm saying? And here's one. That's the, the discussion that we're having. Here's one of the last things that I'm going to say, and this is the last kind of topic, just to bring it all full circle. Now, the question at the beginning: Could he be the number one pick? I'm going to say, if we're asking, could he, I'll say yes. But if the question is, will he, I'm going to say no. And the reason being is, fuck it, I'll even bring Steph Curry in again. He was drafted seventh overall in 2009, I believe it was. Did Steph Curry come into the league and boom, right away, he was Steph Curry? No. Took him a few years, took a coaching change, even though Mark Jackson was a good coach took a coaching change for Steve Kerr to take that team over the top, although people believe that Mark Jackson could have done the same. My point is, Trey Young to me, when we get to the draft, 
I'll probably have him still, unless, like I said, he completely craps the bed during conference and tournament time. I think he's going to be a top-five talent. We're both going to have him and Sexton in the top five of players overall, especially on our big board that we will eventually do in January. And I feel like he won't go number one. He might not go number two. He may go four, five, or six. However, the team that gets him... I think he will develop, and that shot, that set release, I think that's something he works on. I think that's one thing at the next level. They go, okay, we're going to help change your release point where you're doing it, and that's something that can change. I mean, look at an Oklahoma guy that you brought up to me before we hit the record button in Buddy Heal. He was a guy who, of course, he was a senior, not a true freshman like Young is, but he was shooting with the wrong hand. And eventually change like his sophomore year compared to his junior year, completely different because he was shooting with the wrong hand. And then the angle where he was shooting <laughs> yeah. was also different too. So a reason why he mm-hmm. stayed longer was to, to go that. to his senior year and to change it, which is why mm-hmm. we've been able to bring up a discussion mm-hmm. of should you stay longer to ju- in school mm-hmm. just because of the possibility of something like that to happen. Which is interesting because. Um, one thing, there's pros and cons to each, I believe, but one thing that you could say for the NBA side is, let's say he goes to, I'm just going to throw out a crappy team like... The Bulls. <laughs> the Bulls. Fine. Yeah, I'll say it. What if he goes to the Bulls? Well, the good thing is, Bulls probably aren't going to be competing for a championship anytime soon. No. So while the Bulls are a little bit stinky... You can change those things while earning an NBA contract compared yeah. to staying in school. However, you can do both. Buddy Heald stayed in school and changed it. Like There are reasons why people are saying the same things now about Ben Simmons, that, hey, he should be shooting with the other hand. I mean, Buddy Heald changed, Wooden Award winner. So, mm-hmm. I mean, things like that can change. What are your final thoughts? Could Trey Young be in the be the number one pick? And right now, of course, this can change, but at right this point— do you envision that happening where it's first overall pick, Trey Young, in June? No, probably not. It's going to probably be Bagley. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think that right now, if, if Trey Young, if he can continue this, again, just rabid pace, he's going to continue to make a name for himself. People are going to be looking at him. Mm-hmm. NF, uh, NFL. NFL. We're in football. Well. But, um, <laughs> we're going to that next. And, and NBA, NBA scouts will be looking at him mm-hmm. and really, really diving in deep on any weaknesses that he has, any weaknesses that he, that he has, and then additional strengths. So I, I think that if he can keep this up, he's going to bring a lot of attention to himself, and he'll find himself, if not at number one, rising up from number 11 where he is now. I think right now and our first big board for us will be the 30th of – no, wait, that's not right. Our first big board is going to be the 25th, the start of – the official start for us – here on the podcast of Conference Play. January 25th will be the day we record, so the 26th it'll come out. That will be our first big board for the NBA draft. And right now, if I had to do a big board tonight, Brandon, Trey Young would be top five on that big board. Colin Sexton would probably be there also just because of what point guards mean oh, yeah. when well, you get them into the NBA. If, if you're going by, I mean, uh, just with our mm-hmm. with our college football big yeah. board, I mean, if you're going with your top 25 of the best players mm-hmm. right now, I mean, I, I had Baker Mayfield plenty high, and a lot yep. of people aren't saying that Baker Mayfield was going to be one mm-hmm. of the top picks. 
the same can be said in this situation. You yep. know, someone may be saying, and, and, and experts, which they're not, mm-hmm. um, may be saying, you know, he's not a top five. But could you definitely put him in your top five on your big board? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Here's a little bit of housekeeping at the end of this for our NBA draft aficionados out there. That's Ricky's big word of the week. Write that one down. <laughs> of the week! Number one is our our first big board here on the Primetime Podcast will be January 25th will be the day Brandon and I record it, the 26th, 27th, 28th on YouTube. The 26th is when it'll come out on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. The first mock draft for the Fast Break guys, I want to say, is going to be January, January 3rd, I believe, is what they have down for their first one. I'll ask Sean to give you guys an update on the fast break this week. From the spreadsheet I'm looking at, though, January 1st, I believe, or January 3rd will be the first one that they do on their side. But I want you guys to chime in if you have not already. Let us know what you guys think about Trey Young. Let us know what you think about his play style, how it's going to translate over to the NBA, what you like, what you don't like. And also, will he be or could he be the number one pick in the draft? And if not, how high? Do you think he can play himself in the NBA draft? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comments section. But Brandon, let's close out the podcast before we make our picks. I always forget that. Before we make our picks for the week. And the last topic we're talking about today on the podcast has to do with the NFL draft. And a guy I absolutely love in Lamar Action Jackson. Should have been the Heisman this year, but congratulations to Baker Mayfield. Congratulations. I yeah. You are give nuts. Me, give me that look. Lamar You're Action Jackson, nuts. Heisman, no. two back to backers. No. Back to backers. No. But Brandon, what we're looking at here is Lamar Jackson NBA draft. I'll ask you first. How high will Lamar Jackson be drafted? Reason why we're asking this is he was asked at Heisman Weekend, hey, are you gonna sit out the bowl game like guys before you have? And he gave no such answer. He was like, Why would I sit out? I'm ready to play. So with him playing, I mean, this could help his draft stock. How high do you think Lamar Action Jackson gets drafted come May? Mm. I, I think that he's got to be somewhere in the high second round, low first mm-hmm. round. That's where I think that he fits. That's where I think that he's going to go. I don't think he's the best quarterback I, I don't think he's the best quarterback. I don't think he's one of the best three quarterbacks. But he's good. He's athletic. And he's a guy who could have success in the NFL. I don't think that he's going to... I certainly don't think he's going to go all the way to day three. Mm-hmm. Day two, maybe. But if something you know weird happens. But I could definitely see him going in... The second round, I, 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 at the very, I, I sounded really weird there. I sounded like mm-hmm. I was Lou Pinella trying to do an interview. <laughs> I, 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 I played him at third. Um, I do see the second round, high to mid second round, mm-hmm. the farthest that he could fall. And I say that because, again, I don't think he's one of the best quarterbacks coming into this draft. But I don't think he's I don't think he's one of the worst. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good talent. He's showed a lot. He's clearly been one of the best players in college football in his time being at Louisville. My question continues to be 
how do NFL teams view him as an NFL starting mm-hmm. emphasis on the starting quarterback? Well, and that's a big reason why I feel like Lamar Jackson, obviously he's not going to be, in my mind, a guy that gets drafted by the Browns at number one or the Giants at number two or even the Broncos at five. I think the big range for Lamar Jackson, and this is where the range that I see him, and I'm saying this because I'm also teasing for the mock draft segment that Mark and I are going to do, I think end of the first round, so 20 through 25, 22, I'll say, through 32, those last 10 picks, he could be going. Like teams that I look at, the Saints. Saints could use a backup or use a guy to move on from Drew Brees. However, they don't need you to step in right away. Drew Brees is still there. Saints could pick him up, but do they want a guy who's not going to be a pro style guy? You have teams like the Jaguars, who right now are at 26. I wouldn't move on from Blake Bortles. At the beginning of the year, I was singing a different tune. So were the Jaguars. uh, I had the Jaguars in the top five drafting Josh Allen in my preseason mock draft based on the records I had them going this year, I believe. And at 26, I believe if they did want to go in a different direction, hey, we don't have to replace you right away. Let's take them, see what we got. But then there's other teams down there, like the Vikings could look for a quarterback. We don't know what Teddy is at this point. Obviously, Sam Bradford, we're not going to re-sign him. You have the Steelers, who are right now at 32, where they could draft a quarterback because Big Ben ain't going to be around forever. That is the highest right now that I have for Lamar Jackson. He's not going to go top five. He's not even going to go middle of the first right now for me because I could see like the Cardinals and the Dolphins going quarterback. I think end of the draft, so like Saints, Jaguars, Vikings, Steelers. What about the Patriots? What about the Patriots? And I ask the question Mm -hmm. only because Tom Brady will not be there forever. We know Mm -hmm. that. We don't know how much longer he'll play, but he won't be there forever. Who they have as their backup right now? Brian Hoyer. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be the next answer in New England. But they're going to need a quarterback. Would they be willing to go with someone like a Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson who is so completely different Mm -hmm. than Tom Brady has been for so many years? Here's the question I want to ask you. You can't ask a question with a question. No, no, no. I want to to get your opinion on this because this plays into your question is... I feel like there's two things that he has to hit, and one of them, the second one is my question. The first one I'll say. The first thing is, and this is going to be a cop-out answer, I know, and people get mad when either Mark or I say this on the onside kick, but whenever you deal with the Patriots, no matter who they're drafting, is he a Patriot guy? Basically, is he a Bill Belichick, do your job, do it the right way and I would say Lamar Action Jackson fits that I'd, mold. I'd say yes. I mean, I, I, watching, we've never heard anything with Lamar Jackson and I mean, ever wa- not being like that. Watching interviews with him, I, the interview that plays back and just sticks into my head is the interview that he did, and I'll try to find a link to put it in the description for you guys. The link that sticks in my head is when he did an interview on the Dan Patrick Show. It was either right after winning the Heisman or right before he won the Heisman last year. And I was, I remember walking away from that interview going, how humble is this kid? Like, not a boisterous kid. He's really humble. 
I could tell it comes from like comes from he was raised right is what I'm trying to say. And like just on that alone, I think he could be a guy that goes into that Patriot locker room and fits in with that Patriot way. The question that I have, and I don't know if this is a question, that's why I'm throwing it out at you. Tom Brady is like he's the Adonis of the NFL. Like if you're chiseling out a quarterback, most of the features that you have in a quarterback are coming from Tom Brady. Maybe you pick the arm of like an Aaron Rodgers because you really want him to bolt that ball or you want the legs of Russell Wilson because you want him to move. But if you're just saying, I want my quarterback to be modeled after somebody else, 9.9 out of 10 times, you're picking Tom Brady. And I wonder if, could the Patriots be successful or could the Bill Belichick, what he does with his offense, be successful with a mobile quarterback and not a strict traditional pro-style guy? Could it be the same with a... Lamar Jackson, who can do it with his legs and his arm. Well, I don't think, I think to answer that right away would be Bill Belichick doesn't even know Mm -hmm. because he's never had somebody. He's had Tom Brady. He's had Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't run, uh, not for many yards at least, and not often. With Jimmy Garoppolo, when he was in there for a little bit when Tom Mm -hmm. Brady was suspended last season, Jimmy Garoppolo can run a little bit. But I don't think that they, they have, they don't have, they've never had. Someone like like a Lamar Jackson, who the closest is was able Jacoby to, Brissett. Yeah, but I mean, even even then, Jacoby Brissett, I don't think he's not Lamar did, Action Jackson. No, he's not. I mean, he's not even close. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is so much more talented and skilled, I believe, mm-hmm. but is and has more athleticism. But Lamar Jackson, a guy who can do both things, a Patriot team that I, I think is they. They just they just want guys who win. Mm-hmm. That, that's I think that that's I think that that's really all that it comes down to. And and Robert Kraft is the owner and wanting to you know make sure he's got a team or he's, have that winning mentality. He just wants wins. He mm-hmm. just wants wins. He doesn't give. I don't think he really cares how they happen because he'll mm-hmm. cheat to get them. But I I don't think that they uh. really care who gets them the wins mm-hmm. as long as they're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, is that I know it, what you're it, saying. Their, their players haven't always been mm-hmm. the biggest, haven't always been the biggest names. And they've had the Randy Mosses. They've had the the the, the Corey Dillons, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, those those really good guys. And right now they've got Tom Brady, clearly. I mean, I don't need I didn't need to say his name because yeah. everyone knows he's been there forever. But Tom Brady, now you have you look at your wide receivers. They've never had outside now of Randy Moss, mm-hmm. Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, and now Brandon Cooks. I mean, it's not Antonio Brown on the other side. It's not AJ Green. It's not you know DeAndre Hopkins. It's not any of those types of guys. It's kind of smaller name guys that get the job done. You it's said? Like, did you say Randy Moss? Oh yeah, I said yeah. I said outside he, outside of Randy Moss he's, being there. He's the most. Antonio Brown, AJ Green guy that they had, and he wasn't even drafted by the Patriots. No, no, I mean he came over in what either a trade or free agency from the from the Raiders. Yep. So what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to make a case mm-hmm. that Lamar Jackson would fit just fine on the Patriots and be successful for them, and the Patriots mm-hmm. do not care who you are as long as you win. My only, my only thought with that is. Would the Patriots, let's say right now they sit at 30 as we're recording this on Tuesday night, would they draft a quarterback at 30 
I would I would look at that and go, maybe not. Maybe they wouldn't draft a quarterback at 30, maybe later in the draft. Actually, I'm going to throw out the team that I had them going at because I was thinking in my head, by the time this segment, like, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, if you listen on Blog Talk Radio, odds are you listen to the onside kick the same way, so you get the full mock draft there. And if you're watching this on YouTube, this is going up the same day as that 22 to 32 range that I have Lamar Jackson going in, so you can check it out there. In our first mock draft, I have him 32 to the Steelers because I look at it and I go, Big Ben, like, he's not as big and bruising as Big Ben, but Big Ben's a guy who can do it with his arm. Not much now, but when he was younger, could do it with his legs. And, I mean, the Steelers have had guys that can do that, that are guys that they're not scramblers like... Tim Tebow was, or like we were talking about with like Johnny Manziel, but I mean, maybe I'm wrong for thinking this, but like, I'm like, yeah, Big Ben does that. And if I'm not mistaken, Cordell Stewart was the same guy. I know it wasn't a Mike Mm -hmm. Tomlin guy, but Cordell Stewart was that similar kind of quarterback for the Steelers that could do it with his arm, but could also run the ball as well. And I just look at it and I go... He, he could fit in with that Steeler locker room as well because he's a guy that is humble, but he's all about the team in the end. And he can go into that locker room and just embrace that Steeler way. Truly, I think Lamar Jackson would be able to fit into any locker, any, room? Any locker room in the NFL. I, I Truly, I mm-hmm. do think that he would be better served in a um, situation that is one of a winning component Mm -hmm. because right now of what we've seen and unless this general manager and stuff changes it the cleveland browns if you are a quarterback and you go to the cleveland browns you have zero hope Mm -hmm. you have zero hope he's not going to the cleveland browns no i don't I, i don't believe so but you have no hope you are doomed uh that's that is what we know of fans of the nfl seen what has happened to quarterbacks go to the Cleveland Browns and fail because the team and the ownership and the management is unable to get anything else around you is unable to to get you know really get things going or maybe and I don't want to say it cuz I do like him or maybe Hugh Jackson is not the guy to be able to do it so I I would not want to see him go to Lamar Jackson, being him, mm-hmm. go to a team like the Cleveland Browns. Would he thrive in their locker room? He would thrive in their locker room. Can I say but something really quick? I am on a roll well, right now, my man. I want I want to throw this out because it's go funny. Ahead. You say you don't want to see him going to the Browns. Then don't look at the first mock draft put out by CBS Sports because guess where Chris Trapasso has him going? <sighs> Number one to the Cleveland Browns. He says, seems unlikely right now, but by the time we get to late April, this could happen. I think it's ludicrous, but I had to throw it out there because you said there's no way he's going to the Browns. I just, and I remember seeing this going, what are you thinking, Chris? You know, I just don't want to see another guy's career ruined, ruined by Cleveland. because the Cleveland Browns can't get their act together. Mm-hmm. And I just I just want to put that right there. But here's one thing that I wanted to to bring up. Here's okay. two, two quotes about Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. on where we could possibly see him go based on these quotes. So okay. these are of reason. The first quote is from Rich Bartell, who is a former backup, backup, I want to say backup, mm-hmm. NFL quarterback. 
He says, quote, to me, he's going to have to learn to handle punts and kickoffs and become a slot or an outside wide receiver who can go back and take a snap as a third string quarterback. And then another quote, this is from an unknown NFL personnel director, Mm -hmm. quote, he can throw but can't, meaning every now and then he'll hit something. He's a really good athlete, end quote. So what the second quote says to me is like when you say, oh, she is not really good looking. I don't think I'd ever date her, but man, she's a nice person. And the first quote is clearly they've already written off him being a starting quarterback in the NFL and are basically saying, you know what? You're going to just change positions altogether. So I I absolutely hate when they bring up the like... I hate when I see for Lamar Jackson the well. Can he play wide receiver? Get that out of here. But He's I want, a quarterback. I, I want to say. I just want to say again mm-hmm. one more thing. Sage Rosenfels. You remember Sage Rosenfels yeah. from from the NFL? So he feels that Lamar Jackson is not an accurate passer, and the running around stuff only goes so far in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, Bobby Petrino disagrees with everything that they've just said. Um, he believes that he'll totally be able to be a quarterback in the NFL, everything like that. And for people, I, I just want to put out there too, and then I'll let you go, Ricky, mm-hmm. is that for people that believe that Lamar Jackson, he's not the he's not the right size. He's at his size, at his six three two twelve, you know, smaller frame. He's not going to be successful. Well, let me tell you about the NFL quarterbacks with that build: Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, Deshaun Watson, Alex Smith, and Matt Ryan. All those quarterbacks are good quarterbacks, have been able to be successful with their teams, and some of them taking their teams' places. So I, I don't think that people can say, Lamar Jackson, he's not the right size, he's not the right build to be an NFL starting quarterback, because clearly I just read off names of guys who are that same Basically, that same uh, type of quarterback, same type of build, and they're having just fine success in the NFL. You know who else? And I know that this came, and I'm looking at old draft profiles now. I'm going down a rabbit hole that I don't want to go down, but I'm going to go down it. Um, you know who else had inconsistent, like in his draft profile, I'm looking at it right now, had the phrase inconsistent accuracy. However, his was due to footwork, but still inconsistent accuracy. Do you want to take a stab at who I'm ta- who I might be talking about in the NFC? I'll give you an NFC South quarterback. I really narrowed it down for you. He beat my Vikings this weekend. Oh, Cam! I was going to Cam s- Scooten. I was thinking maybe Cam Newton, but I never know. Cam Scooten Newton. Look at that exactly. He's a mobile guy, athletic guy. He came out 6'5", 248. Now, Lamar Jackson's not as big as him. Two inches shorter, a little skinny. Is just, To me, I feel like Lamar Jackson at the next level, the run that Cam Newton made this last weekend, you know that step that he made? Lamar Jackson, I could put him in there. Step move, make a guy miss, and he's down the field. The only thing Lamar Jackson's not going to do at the next level is truck a guy. Cam Newton can truck a guy because he's got, like, what? Two 11s when I'm looking at for Lamar Jackson. He's got, like, 30 pounds, 30-some pounds on Lamar Jackson looking at the draft profile of when he came out. But, like, I see guys. 
Big Ben made it work. I think Cam Newton would be the most, like, over to what you were talking about with the, oh, well, can he play wide receiver? I see things in Lamar Jackson that I see in these other quarterbacks. The only thing with Lamar Jackson and the reason why when it coming back to the main question of how high could he go in the draft, I hope that how high I have him in that last 10 picks of the first round is where he goes. Because I could see him, like, there's one team I didn't mention. I hope he doesn't go here. But I could see him going 22 to the Bills. Bills need a quarterback. Nathan, Nathan Peterman's not the guy. They hate Tyrod Taylor there. Uh, but that, but, but that, that is, I mean, to... I don't want to see that, though. To, to me, that's... I'm saying I don't want to see that. To me, but that's a bit weird why they would hate Tyrod Taylor, because he... They, again... They're always trying to bench him at every... Like, either either he's injured, they try to bench him... You can see that they don't want him to be the future. Well, maybe they should invest in some freaking wide receivers mm-hmm. or some weapons exactly. over Instead there. Of trading it's him, him and it's him and LaShawn McCoy. That's all you've mm-hmm. got. Instead you've got Kelvin Benjamin every three every other three games when his knee's mm-hmm. not hurting him. You had the same thing with Sammy Watkins, who couldn't freaking stay healthy, mm-hmm. had the injury bug like it was his job to do. And then you got you know, you have a, just a mix and match of wide receivers. You had Robert Woods before he became good. You have all these guys so that I mean, obviously, you've obviously hit a nerve here. Is I that did. that's so frustrating like to it. me that you talk about these guys and you want to bench them. I'm not going to bench you because we don't have any good talent around you. You can't make, no one will make plays for it, but we want to bench you. You are a son of a bitch if that's what you're going to do because these guys are out there trying to compete with absolutely squat diddly the throw mm-hmm. to. No one's out there trying to make a play, really? and that's what you've got. We couldn't make our third Jim Morris Senior reference to the podcast. Diddly poo! You Thank got you. diddly poo! Oh, <laughs> gosh! You, and you came so close to it. It said squat diddly. It, it just totally frustrates me. I'm not <laughs> saying that Tyrod Taylor is is the best quarterback in the league. He's not. But when you continue to try and say mm-hmm. that he's the problem, so that you can try and get rid of him and get somebody else, you're going to have a Cleveland situation. So Buffalo, don't do it. Point I was going to make though. I love the rant, though. The point I was going to make is in that bottom 10, you do have teams like the Saints. I'm going to throw the Jaguars in there, even though I'm not completely sold on it. The Vikings, the Patriots, the Steelers. You've got teams down there that could say, hey, you know what? We'll we'll make something happen. Or you could see something like what happened with Minnesota when they got Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe there's a team like the Cardinals, like like. Let me throw this out there. The Miami Dolphins. I don't know right now where their second pick would be, but let's say they work something out to, let's say, with the last pick or the first to last pick. They do what the Vikings did. Hey, let's make a trade, get in there. We didn't take a quarterback up at 14 where we are, but, hey, we can take Lamar Jackson, let him be the backup to Ryan Tannehill. Like, there are teams that need quarterbacks, so... I think it's going to be interesting as we move forward for Lamar. I think he's a first-round guy. I think he either gets taken by one of those teams in the bottom 10 or a team trades up to grab him in the end of that first round because they don't want him to wait day two. No, well, I, I mean, we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I think that there's other quarterbacks that are in front of him that are mm-hmm. better, but I definitely don't think that he is – is someone that will fall too far 
into the second round if he were to go there. I mean, I, I would mm-hmm. really picture him as the latest that he would go would be middle of round two. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that that would be the latest. We're not going to, I'll tell you this, we will not have a Geno Smith situation with Lamar Jackson. If we do, I'm sitting there going, what is going on right now? What, like, he's not going to be, I don't see him being like Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Geno Smith, where they went way late, especially even one, I know not compared quickly, but he did go to the playoff and went in the fourth round to Connor Cook from Michigan State. I don't think we see that to where he's waiting that long, second day, third day. I think he gets drafted. Right now, I think he gets drafted day one in the NFL draft. But do you, any final thoughts before I... Uh, Kick it off to these guys. No, go ahead, kick it. This is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Where do you see Lamar Jackson being drafted? Well, give me first how high you think he'll be drafted, and then I also, I know we're the primetime podcast, but give me some teams that you would, so in that range, like, okay, this is the range I think, this is some teams that I think will be there that could take him. Let's do it that way. But let us know what you guys think about anything we talked about in this segment down below in the comment section. But, Brandon, let's end the podcast like we always do, except for last week. We didn't have picks last week. We had a week off from our picks as bowl games start this weekend. A little housekeeping before uh, for our YouTube audience, if this is the first thing you're seeing. Down below, uh, check it out. We've got our Bowl Mania. Yes. It blanked me for a second. Bowl Mania. Brandon, eventually he'll do it as we're recording it. Neither Brandon or I have made our picks, but eventually, before Saturday, we will. He made his picks. I'm making my picks. You make your picks. Winner gets a $20 gift card to either Amazon or B-dubs or something. So, so I'm hoping I win so you can give me my gift card. It's going to be a great time and see if you guys can stump the guys from the Primetime Podcast. But this week we're going through, I want to say it's what, five games we've got this week? I so, think so. A little sampling of some bowl games this week as they all start on Saturday. And the first one we are looking at, Brandon, is the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. We've got... 10-2, Troy. They they beat LSU this year against the Green Machine from North Texas. Troy is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you got, Troy or North Texas? You know, I got to go with Troy in this one. They're, they're looking back and uh, to that LSU game. They're going to look back to that game to give them motivation in this one against North Texas. I think they'll be able to take it. I'm going to go with Troy as well. 10-2. and two. I know North Texas is 9-4, and four, but hey, this Troy team, they got a big win over LSU, and if you can beat LSU... You should be able to beat North Texas. Then we're moving on. We've got the Auto Nation, the Auto Nation Cure Bowl. Took me a little bit to read that one. These bowl names are ridiculous sometimes. This one, one of the more tamer ones. So you're probably like, come on, Ricky, you can get through it. I believe in you. But we got six and six, uh, six and six, Western Kentucky <laughs> against six and five. We're just giving them out nowadays. We've got Georgia State. Georgia State, a six and a half point favorite. Who wins this one? Well, Western Kentucky, is that not where Jeff Brom had come from? Yes. The Hilltoppers. Western Kentucky, they're going to play like they still have his <laughs> offense in place. Western Kentucky gets the win. Yeah, in this one, I mean, this is just me, I'll be honest, just picking a stick. I'm going to I'm going to go again. I'm going to go Western Kentucky over Georgia State. Now, part of me oh, wanted we got a upset alert. Yeah, upset special. <laughs> part of me wanted to go Georgia State because uh they had, oh, what was his name? It was like 
Ron Harper or Roy Harper. One of the they had a guy in the tournament a couple that could shoot some threes. Did nothing in the NBA. His dad was the coach on the sideline. Oh, That's fell what, off his chair. Yeah, fell off his I, chair when indeed, his son yes. hit the three pointer against yes, Baylor. I think it was staged. Um, yeah, I almost picked Georgia State for that, but I'm going to go with the Hilltoppers as well. Then we've got our next game, the Las Vegas Bowl, and obviously Las Vegas. We've got the Oregon no. Ducks playing host to the number 25 team in the nation, the Boise State Broncos. Boise State is a a 7.5-point underdog. I'm hitting the upset special. Willie Taggart's not there. Boise State walking away with the win. Me too. (laughs) I I was going to say, honestly, the exact same thing. Oregon is without their head coach because, uh, well, he's gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Boise State, I'm going to say Boise State's going to get the win in this one. I I think just the better overall team throughout the season. Then we've got the Gildan New Mexico Bowl. We've got Marshall. We are Marshall at 7-5. Going up against the 7-5 Colorado State Rams. We've got CSU, 5.5-point favorites. Who you got in Albuquerque? The Thundering Herd or the Rams? I'm going upset special. Okay. I'm going to say Marshall. And I'm Three gonna say, and one podcast. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to sure. say because of that, they're, they're going to win because of Matthew McConaughey, and he's going to come <laughs> in for a very influential speech right, right before right, the game. Right. He's going to get them going. All right, all right, all right. I'm going Colorado State. I think they win this one. No upset special. For Marshall, even though I did like the movie, We Are Marshall is pretty good. I like Matthew McConaughey's performance. Then our last game of the week, there's only five of them this week. I know you're sad, but we've got the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl between six and six. Yet again, we're just giving them out at six and six. Mid-Tennessee it's not five and seven. going up against seven and four Arkansas State. Arkansas State, the four-point favorite, and I'm going with the Red Wolves in this one to chop at the bit and get a win. Yeah, Middle Tennessee, you are pretty good in college basketball, mm-hmm. and you screwed me over in my bracket just a few Michigan years ago State, against right? Michigan yep. State, so thanks a freaking lot. I'm going to go with Arkansas State uh, to get the win. Yeah, I'm going to go with Arkansas State as well. This is where you guys come in. Let us know who you guys got down below. Also, make sure to join the Bowl Mania group for the Primetime Podcast this year. Put your hat, put your entry in there, try to win a gift card, try to beat Brandon and I at picking some bowl games, picking some winners. This is fun for us to go up against you guys at the end of the year when we get to these bowl games. But I want to thank you guys for, if you're on YouTube, thank you guys for checking out this shorter pick video because there were only five picks today. We're going to do each of the bowl games through the week. And we are really excited about it. Here's the thing. This video may be shorter but as we get later on, they're going to get longer because we're going to have even more games than we picked during the regular season during a week because they are going to be going Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every single day almost. And Brandon in. just loves that. And Brandon loves yeah. bowl time. But if you listen to the whole podcast, thank you guys for sticking all the way through. Housekeeping here at the end. Number one, you want a shirt, check the description. It tells you everything you need. But how do you get started? Send us an email, mostvaluablepodcast at gmail.com. Give us your name, your size, and your address, and we will get everything started for you to buy a Most Valuable Podcast t-shirt. Number two, go check out Patreon. You like what we're doing here? You want to support us? Hey, you even want to be a guest? We got a comment. Hey, how do I come on and debate you guys? How do you do that? You check out patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast, and you look at our tiers and rewards, $10. You can join us for a podcast each and every month. You are at that tier. And then finally, if you're on iTunes or have an iTunes account, please go ahead, 
Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It would mean the world to us. And then do the same for the Fast Break, the Onside Kick, and the Rick and Johnny podcast. I want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube, for listening on all our podcast services that we are around the world. It really means the world that you guys check us out each and every day. Thank you guys for that. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.